goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Tuesday Rush Hour, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to be part of today's program. All you have to do, pick up your telephone, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We are inching up on the debates. I'm glad we took calls yesterday on whether people were going to watch the debates. If you want to weigh in on that again today, please feel free. The RNC has announced who made the cut and who didn't. Eight people will be there, but I'm, the stories to me are interesting with the ones that didn't. Larry Elder is among those that didn't. He said he's going to sue them. He's going to try to stop this debate from taking place because he did make the cut or should have made the cut. I intend to sue the RNC to halt Wednesday's presidential debate. I said from the beginning it appeared the rules of the game were rigged. Little did we know just how rigged it is for some reason. Larry Elder says the establishment leaders at the RNC are afraid of having my voice on the debate stage. He says just as I had to fight successfully to be on the ballot in California's recall election, I'll fight to be on the debate stage because I met all of the requirements. Huh. So, let's see. The lineup for tomorrow. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, we had a call yesterday from someone that wanted to know about the Soros money and Ramaswamy. Apparently, there's something to this, folks. It wasn't, it wasn't, this wasn't, uh, cookery. He took money from Soros. And his story about why he took the money from Soros has apparently changed. So we will deal with that. So, again, to the lineup. Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis. Entrepreneur and Soros money-taking guy, Vivek Ramaswamy. Former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. Former New Jersey governor and patron of the George Washington Bridge, Chris Christie. Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Former vice president of the United States of America. Mike Pence, former Arkansas governor, Asa Hutchison, 
and North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who most people have never heard of, who didn't make it, Will Hurd, among others, this guy out of Miami, Suarez, the mayor down there, and uh, uh, Larry Elder, who says he's suing to get on the stage because he did meet the requirements. And, of course, the biggest name that won't be there, Donald J. Trump. Now, also interesting note, some of the people that would be in the spin room afterwards that would be Trump supporters are not getting credentialed because he's not going to be there. So they're going to make sure that Fox does not Fox does not have to deal with the uh, Trump forces. Okay, to the story. It is a Fox News story. Ramaswamy was already a millionaire when he accepted Soros' award. He said he needed to pay for law school. He reported a $2.2 million income the same year he accepted a scholarship from George Soros. Republican 2024 candidate Vivek Ramaswamy tells Fox News Live, that he wants to use Wednesday's debate to introduce himself to the United States. He says he was already a millionaire, or no, Fox says he was already a millionaire by the time he accepted the Soros scholarship he previously said he needed in order to pay for law school. So, Mr. Vivek Ramaswamy said, apparently to folks, yes, I took a scholarship from George Soros, but I needed that money to go to law school. And apparently now Fox News is reporting, isn't this brilliant, that no, the bloody guy was already a millionaire. He already had $2.2 million in the stash when he was taking the Soros money. Well, what gives about that? He said after graduating from Harvard University, he didn't have the money to afford Yale Law School. There was a separate scholarship that I won when I was 24, 25, when I was going to law school in my mid-20s, my early 20s, when I didn't have the money. It was a merit scholarship that hundreds of kids win. It was partially funded not by George Soros, but by Paul Soros, a relative, his brother, And to be perfectly honest with you, I'd have been a fool to turn it down at the age of 24. Now, Fox goes on to say that when Ramaswamy accepted the award in 2011, he was a first-year law student at Yale, had been working for several years as an investment analyst at the hedge fund QVT. The same year he accepted the award, he reported a 2 $2,252,000 Million two hundred fifty-two thousand dollar income, according to his tax returns, and he had reported over a million bucks in income in the three years prior. So he's claiming poor. He needed 
the money, but he had been a millionaire a few times over when he got Soros money. Again, not George Soros money, if it counts at all, but money from a Soros brother from a scholarship. Hey, look, it's his business if he wants to take money. I'm not begrudging him that. But, I mean, he's telling people he was dirt poor, and apparently Fox News is saying that's not quite the case. I don't know. I wasn't there. Not my money. Not my circus. Not my fight. Okay. Yes, a former Texas representative, Will Hurd, and also Miami Mayor Francis Suarez. And Larry Elder, and then there's this business guy running from Michigan, Perry Johnson. None of them qualified, according to the RNC. I told you Elder said he's going to sue. Heard and the others are saying that the process that the RNC is taking them through is not transparent. It's bad news, et cetera, et cetera. As for the two hosts and the host that on the debate tomorrow night, Fox News anchor Martha McCallum says former President Trump's decision to skip it could present an opportunity to focus more on issues that are top of mind for voters. Hmm, what does that mean? Let me see if I can parse that a little bit. I think that means, you know, with Trump not there, we might actually get to some issues. No, she couldn't admit that. It's, I think it's kind of a golden opportunity for them, McCallum told The Hill. For all of them, I think they're just going to get a little more room to breathe. I think there's going to be a lot of focus on the issues that people care about because that's the number one thing that we hear from everyone we speak with, that they're hungry to move on, move from the conversation off everything that's been happening in the past and some of what's been on Trump's plate. In other words, I'm glad this guy's not going to be there so we don't have to keep hearing about the Trump issues. I mean, no, she's not saying it, but that's sort of what it sounds like to me. People keep telling us they want to move on from these issues that Trump is talking about. Okay. I don't know. Let's turn the page. If you are planning on watching the debate tomorrow night and you want to comment on that, 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-9222. There is a horrible story. We have it at the Daily BS today. Taliban killed, tortured, and imprisoned hundreds of Afghans who sided with the U.S. A report says the Taliban has killed hundreds of former Afghan military, security, and government officials since the U.S.-backed government fell to insurgents two years ago, the United Nations says in a report. Let me fix that. The Taliban has killed hundreds of U.S. supporters, people that supported this country and our efforts. When Joe Biden unilaterally decided to abandon them with almost no notice, because that is what happened. And that's what the report should have said. 
A climate of fear today exists among former government officials, members of the Afghan National Defense and Security Forces, the U.N. Assistance Mission in Afghanistan. Joe Biden's decision cost the lives of people who risked it all to support the United States. And this is not how you're supposed to treat your allies. These people stood with the United States. Joe Biden not only abandoned Americans that were still in Afghanistan, not only left about $80 billion worth of military hardware to make the Taliban a strong military force using United States of America hardware, he left the people that supported this country in Afghanistan to die, to be tortured, murdered, and killed. It is a disgrace. It is a disgrace to America. It is a disgrace to everything we stand for as a country that we would engage in this conflict that came out of 9-11, that we would ask people over there to side with us to help us, that we get Joe Biden in office, and he just cuts and runs, puts his tail between the legs, gets us out of there, and, and then shortly after gets us into the Ukraine with billions and billions of dollars, leaves $80 billion of our military hardware in that country for our enemies to use, and abandons not only U.S. citizens, but abandoned the people that helped us while we were there, and many of them are now dead. Thank you, Joe Biden. While he goes on and on, you heard about this trip to, that he made over to Maui. He finally got off his hiney and went over to Hawaii. And the people there, some of them, were cursing him with the F-bomb, F-U. And they were doing it because of their outrage. Then he gets over there, he starts joking. He makes jokes about how hot the ground is. People have been burned alive. Families, children have been burned alive in this horrific fire, and this man goes over there and starts cracking jokes about the ground being hot. Joe Biden sparked outrage by comparing the Hawaiian blaze that killed at least 114 people to a kitchen fire. Then he starts telling them about a fire that he had in his kitchen, or poor Joe Biden almost lost his 67 Corvette because his kitchen caught fire. He almost lost his car. This is what he's telling people who have lost their children, who have lost their mothers and their fathers, who have lost their families, who have lost their homes, who have lost their businesses. This man goes over there and starts telling them about the time he had a little kitchen fire and it almost got his Corvette. They're calling this, it was a five-hour tour. It's being called a total, not a disaster tour, a disastrous tour. 
it's hard to believe that somebody could be so tone deaf and so self-absorbed you would go over to where people have lost everything in the most horrific. I mean, when people think about the ways that they don't want to leave this planet, being burned to death is right up there near top of the list, as well as drowning. These people have lost everything. And this man goes over there and starts cracking jokes and then tries to make it about him and this kitchen fire that he had where he almost lost his beloved 1967 Corvette. Meanwhile, FEMA is giving out checks, we learn, that don't come close to what actual people need, not even to buy groceries in some cases. At least that's the complaint. And we're talking about $700 checks. People are saying, over here, you don't understand. This is Hawaii. $700 is one trip to the supermarket if you've got a family. And then on top of that, another story about how the FEMA crew are all staying at five-star hotels. They're staying at the Four Seasons. They're staying at $1,000-a-night hotels. So this is Joe Biden's response to Hawaiians. To go tell him about himself and his how he almost lost his 1967 Corvette. James Golden, Snurling. Oh, man. I always love this song. Thank you, Diego. Nineteen seventy on this day. This went to number one. David Gates with bread. I may be climbing on rain. And it's still so beautiful. It's still such a beautiful song. So many artists have covered this song. Supremes, Aretha, Earth, Wind and Fire, Dusty Springfield, Andy Williams, Mark Cohn. But the original is still and if you're wondering what still worthy of being a number one for all time bread vacation starts with VA whether you're feeling beachy mountainy or every e in between you'll find all that you love all in one trip to virginia start yours at virginia.org the rush hour is on the air attention ditto heads attention bow scouts rush on the red apple podcast network On this day in 2011, sad day in music. One of the more famous songwriting teams ever lost half. Ashford and Simpson. On this day in 2011, Nicholas Ashford died of complications from throat cancer here in New York. His wife, Valerie Simpson, they had so many hits. This one from their own solo career, well, their own duo career. But as songwriters, 
you know their songs. They fuel some of the greatest songs in Motown history. Ain't no mountain high enough. You're all I need to get by. Ain't nothing like the real thing. Reach out and touch somebody's hand. They went on to write songs for Chaka. I'm Every Woman is one of theirs. You know, they, they were, and we talked with Valerie Simpson. She is a remarkable person. And I'll tell you what, Ashford and Simpson, icons in the world of music. On WABC Talk Radio 77. There are some Hawaiians, by the way, who are saying they will never, ever vote for Joe Biden again. Ever. After the way that he's handled them. And just if you think, by the way, so so far we've covered with Biden today, the way that he left those poor Afghans who supported the United States, left them to get tortured and die without a second thought. He left American citizens over there, despite saying he didn't. And some of them may still be there for all we know. He left $80 billion of our military hardware over there for our enemies to use. There's news today that the Biden administration is now taking action to restrict Oil and gas development. They made some settlement with a bunch of environmentalist radicals. And under that ingredient, you're going to pay more for energy. As if you're not paying more already because he's restricting. This is our energy and restricting it. Now, before we get calls, before we get to the break, I want to talk about a story I wrote about today. You can find it, my op-ed at the Daily BS, Bloodbath on Campus. And it's based on a New York Times story that I read this morning. They published an article about the hard times that have fallen on West Virginia University. West Virginia, uh, West Virginia University is running a deficit. They are $45 million in the red, and they are going to do something that in the world of higher education, is unthinkable. Unthinkable. I quote from the New York Times story, ladies and gentlemen, in a move that shocked the faculty, the students, and their families. West Virginia University announced last week that it was proposing laying off 169 faculty members or 70% on its main campus in Morgantown. They're also going to, they're laying off professors. They're also going to cut some courses. For instance, world languages, creative writing might take the, the brunt. The time story says that uh, this bunch down at uh, West Virginia, they're can, the canary in the coal mine. They're the warning sign. There are other universities around the country that are equally running deficits. One of them that they mentioned happens to be Rutgers University over in Jersey. Now, it just so happens that about 15 minutes before I read the Times story about how West Virginia University was in trouble, they're going to have to do the unthinkable, actually cut costs. I read a story about Rutgers. They didn't mention in the story that I read about Rutgers that they were having a hard time with money. The focus was on the fact that Rutgers 
is still demanding all of their students get the vaccination, otherwise they're not going to be allowed to come to Rutgers. You either get vaxxed, take the jab, or no. And they still have their mask requirement. And you have to wear the mask. So here's Rutgers with a deficit. And if I were a student at Rutgers and I didn't want to get vaxxed and I wanted for whatever, I'd tell them, the, you losers. I'll take my money somewhere else. You're already in the red. I guess the only people not shocked that a $45 million spending deficit will result in spending cuts are Americans who no longer believe that these college institutions are sacred. Most blue-collar Americans know how quickly layoffs can happen to you. If your company even projects that might next year might not be a good year, they can start laying off people in a heartbeat. But it's unthinkable that these colleges running these multi-bazillion-dollar deficits will actually have to control spending. I think it's high time American universities face the truth, my friends. Their model doesn't seem to be working. Students leave these universities with massive debt, and it's not a big secret that political indoctrination rather than education seems to be what their focus is in many of these universities. It's time for the real bloodbath at these universities. Get rid of their liberal and socialist models. Replace it with an education model that truly prepare students to enter the workforce with actual skills instead of political hatred for non-liberals. Bo Snurley, James Golden, we're coming back. Yeah. 2021, Brian Travers, saxophonist with UB40, died as well. They had the 1988 single, Red Red Wine, among others. WABC Talk Radio 77, coming back with you. Do not go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nineteen sixty-four. On this date, Supremes score big with this one. They began a two-week run at number one, the number one song in the nation. With this, their first Holland Dozier in Holland hit. Now, I didn't know before today, what I didn't know before today was that the Marvelettes heard the song and rejected it. Supremes took this song and turned it into their mega calling card hit. Now, it's so funny how music triggers things. Every time I hear that opening, which is still just so iconic, right? I go back in my own mind. It's the three kids, me, my brother, and my sister, 
sitting inside of the 1955 white Chevy that my dad had bought and my mom. We were all going somewhere, the whole family. And this song came on, and for some it maybe not the first time we heard it because we all knew this song, but on that little AM radio in the car, and all of us are singing to the song and clapping, you know what I mean? It's just, and the memory just stays there all these years later from 1964. The Diana, well, they were the Supremes then. They weren't even Diana Ross in the Supremes yet, just the Supremes. Yeah. Okay, in we're going to get to your phones. I want to get to calls as many as we can. And also tomorrow, before the debates, we'll have another day to talk about the debates. And then you'll see the debates tomorrow night. I am still undecided if I will read about the debates during in real time or actually watch it. I, I don't know. This would have been a no-brainer for me. I would have watched every single debate. I'm just trying to get the interest up. We just talked about the college in West Virginia. Now, moving over to Virginia, you know, uh, Governor Youngkin, like many other Republican states, they've started cracking down on some of the things these schools are teaching. Well, in Virginia, Prince William County Public School Board released a statement last week saying that they're going to stick with their older policies that addresses the rights of transgender and gender non-conforming student because it's consistent with both federal and state anti-discrimination laws, and never mind the laws that were passed in Virginia. In other words, they're telling the governor there, screw you, screw you Republicans, we're not going to follow the law because we don't like the law. Well, Governor Youngkin hit back today. He said, look, the law is very clear. I issue model policies. Local school districts have to adopt policies consistent with the model policies. And so he's telling them the law is the law. There's only one law, you follow it. This could turn into a huge fight. Part of this, I believe, in Prince William County is Fairfax County. Now, what's there to know about Fairfax County? One of the wealthiest counties in the country, and it's one of the wealthiest counties in the country This is one of those counties that's called a recession-proof county. They don't get recessions when the economy goes south because a lot of wealthy government workers live in Fairfax County. This is where the swamp lives. And so what they're saying to Governor, screw you, we're going with our liberal ideology over your law. Let's see whether Yunkin caves or let's see whether he really makes these liberals follow the law. And this goes all back to, you know, using what bathrooms and blah, 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 blah. But if liberals don't like a law, they'll just put their middle finger up to you, and and we're not going to follow your law. Let's see whether they get away with it this time. Telephones. Let us start with Joanne in Westchester. How are you, Joanne? Welcome. Oh, yes, I'm fine, and thank you for making my call. I'm so excited. Uh, I want to make it quick. Um, <clears throat> about with regards to what you were saying at first, just real quick, I have one-liners on two, three subjects. The first thing, oh, first and foremost, I must tell you that I love the way you uh, you play, your, you know, your music comes on and you give a little 
what synopsis? So what do you, what do you want to say? A little, uh, you know, the history of every, all the songs and the wise wherefores of the year. The, I love that. We have a DJ in New Rochelle. Um, that does that on a local station, Dennis Dinardone. He does the same thing, and I love that. You know, you two, the only two Ooh. that I know that do that, and you really know your stuff and your music. I love it. Okay, that's that. So number two, regarding uh, Ramaswamy, I think that my my one thought on that is uh, because I was liking him an awful lot. I thought he was kind of strong and everything until you dig in and then you find that he doesn't want to answer certain questions, and I, and I also found out that he was involved with Soros too. A while ago, and I thought, you know what? Um, whatever you said it was today, and I, I didn't know all that, and I appreciate it. But I think my thoughts are, if you are involved with any Soros, um, guess what? I don't think you're going to get away from them. So I don't think that's the end of it for him. You know what I mean? Do you think you really get away from a Soros once he's got his? I'm not, now look, this his- is a scholarship fund. I don't know what the scholarship was for. There's more digging needed. I don't know, and it's not from George Soros, so I don't know. I'll have to take a look further. But we had a call yesterday, and I was surprised when the Soros name came up. Soros? And here it is today. We've got some of it out there, yes. But the puzzling thing is he says that he needed the money because he was a poor little student when he was already a multimillionaire. Just interesting. Interesting, and we shall see how it goes. Joanne, thank you so much. Love you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right, let's go to Pat in Westchester. Pat, you're on WABC. How are you? Fine, thank you, and I love your show. But I'm I'm for Trump no matter what happens. And another thing I want to ask you, because you're so into music, my favorite is Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger. Yes, and I love Shirley Bassey. When we have the right time, the right place, we're going to play some Shirley Bassey. I love Shirley Bassey, and she just, what a wonderful voice. What a wonderful talent she was. Pat, thank you so much. We're going to try to grab as many calls as we can. Let's go to Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Alex, you're on WABC. What is the point you'd like to make, please? Hey, Bo, thanks for taking the call number. Uh, two things. One about Vivek Ramaswamy. You know, Fox was giving him a lot of airtime at the beginning when he started running. He announced the Tucker Carlson show, and then he did a lot of interviews with them. And I was wondering, like, why did they stop having him on? And then I think I fa- figured it out. It's because he doesn't agree with their, you know, attitude towards foreign policy and how we should deal with Ukraine. I think, you know, the Fox News people, they think that we should be giving as much money to Ukraine as we can, hundreds of billions of dollars, while Vivek Ramaswamy is against that, and Ron DeSantis is for giving that money. So that's why they're more pro-DeSantis, and they're kind of moving away. Now, are you expecting this to come up in the debates? Are Um, you expecting tomorrow night that this issue will come up? What is your stance on... Ukraine and United States aid toward Ukraine. I think it's definitely going to be a question. And regarding um, the, the sorrows thing, I mean, it, people need to look into that more. We have to see exactly what that was. But remember, Donald Trump was good with Clinton. He was good with a lot of Democrats, and I didn't hold it against him. And I think, you know, you could never know what the exact situation is. So just the name Soros doesn't mean that the Vivek Ramaswamy is a corrupt person and still has ties with him. And I just want to make a prediction. I think that the tomorrow night's debate, it's going to be around two people. That's what it's going to be about. Obviously Trump, but the 
center stage people are going to be Vivek Ramaswamy and Chris Christie. And Chris Christie is going to keep on attacking Trump and Vivek is going to defend Trump, you know, in a certain way. Ron DeSantis can't do that because he's been attacking Trump. And the sound bites are going to be these two people is, is what I think. Uh, you know, what do you think about that? Okay, I think, think we're going to get a lot of DeSantis. I think I think there are going to be three people. But do not be surprised if if Tim Scott comes off stronger than most people anticipate. And also, don't be surprised if Mike Pence, out of the blue, makes some statement about his relationship with Donald Trump that is worthy of a, a soundbite. Don't be surprised. That's all I'm saying. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with you here. We're going to stop down for a quick break. We're coming back. Lou Dobbs will be coming up in this one. And then more of your calls. So keep it right here on WABC. Do not, do not go away. Now, you know why we're playing this one. No, you don't. Well, Debbie Peterson, drums, the bangles. This one, with the Bengals, walk like an Egyptian, born on this date. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Today's the birthday of Vernon Reed. Living Color, my all-time favorite Living Color, the cult of personality. Also today, an American icon, John Lee Hooker, born in 1972. American blues singer-guitarist. You know this one, boom, boom. On WABC, Talk Radio 77. Let's head back to the telephone, shall we? In Forest Hills we go. Ted, you're up. What's on your mind this afternoon, Ted? Oh, hi. hi. I was wondering, will you have Mark Stein on anymore on Tuesdays? Uh Mark Stein is still recovering. I checked in with his folks last week. He, the last time I checked in with him, he was still in, uh, in Europe. He may be home now. I'm, in fact, I was thinking I'm going to give them a call. So I will give them a call. I'm sure Mark will be back with us, God willing, once he recovers his health. So yes, uh, the plan is to do that. God willing, Mark will be back with us at some point. Yeah, I wanted to say, uh, I like the Supremes, uh, stop in the name of love because it has three oh, yeah. different little stories in it. Hmm. No, I want you to tell word. me about what, because time is running out and I got so many calls. I want you to tell me about the, you called to talk about Biden's remarks in Hawaii. What did you think about his remarks in Hawaii? Oh, comparing oh my God. Him? The only Go thing, no, the 67 Corvette was a winner. I wish he lost it. That's too bad. <laughs> I mean, the remarks are terrible. You go there where people have lost everything, everything. And you talk about your kitchen fire and how you almost lost your Corvette. I just, I, I don't get it. 
Ted, you're awesome. Saturday morning when we have more time, I want to hear your Supreme stories. Let's go to Bob in New Jersey. Bob, you're up next on WABC. Hey, Bo, how are you, my friend? So I was very high on Vivek Ramaswamy. I mean, I've been following him and, and all seeing all his YouTube videos and whatnot. But he said something very disturbing, I think, rules him out. He is not for continuing support for not only for Israel, but he also is into not continuing support eventually for Taiwan. He said when we develop uh, the semiconductor business here, then he would cut the you know the funding and the support for Taiwan. So those are two big issues for me, and and for me that 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 rules him out for me. Well, I hope that he's asked about his foreign policy in depth tomorrow night. You know, um, he is. I tell you what, to come from being a total no name to being on that stage and have people talking about him, he has generated a lot of excitement. So let's see where it goes with Vivek in these debates tomorrow night. Susan, West Hampton, New York, you're up next. James, I have to say, to start, you are a treasure. Um, I feel like you are a kindred spirit. I have you accompany me every day, whether I'm doing chores in the house or driving. We are about the same age. And when you played the bread song, that was my high school graduation year. Another one from that year I love is Grazing in the Grass. But I oh, love yeah. like you. <laughs> Friends of Which version? Which version? The, the Friends of Distinction version or the original from Hugh Masekela? Hugh Masekela was 67, I think. Yeah. No. Yes. I yes. love Friends. Friends of Distinction were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, they were an incredible group. You are... You know, first of all, you have the most wonderful voice, but all of your feelings, you feel your heart and your depth and your just your opinions to me are always so right on. I feel like I could kitchen table chat with you because most people seem oblivious, even in our age group, and it's uh, disturbing. But today I had occasion to go to a very nice younger, everyone's younger now, oral surgeon who, you know, works with me. So there are some very kind people, and I just said, listen, I'm sorry, I can't afford this procedure. I didn't marry, divorce, or retire well. He laughed. He said, look, just having you come in, I love talking with you. I will cut the price, which he did. But on the way out, there was a new receptionist, very young, 37. And like you, you know, I pick people's brains. I'm very curious. And we were talking about, as I call them, the jab. And she whispers to me she would never get it. Even in the medical field, you know, they didn't fire her because they need her. But her best friend's son just died the other day on a football practice field, 18 years old. and Now, we have had reports. There was a story I did in the podcast that will be released this week that cancer is up among young people. In this entire story, and I didn't put it in there, I didn't even make a remark about it. I didn't say why. Why? Why is cancer up among younger people? Why are incidents of heart disease up among younger people? Why are all these athletes, not just in the United States, but around the world, dying suddenly? Why, why, 
why. And we need to continue to ask these questions until we get answers to them. Susan, I love you, love you, love you. Thank you so much for the call. Oh, Mike well, in Oceans. Thank you, darling. Mike in Oceanside, you're up next. Hey, Bo. Hey, Mike. Time's running hey, out, my man. You? What's up? I, I I'm good. I want to wish you a happy Taco Tuesday. It's been a while. All right. Number one, uh, Eric Adams keeps asking the people of the city what he should do. He doesn't know to, he doesn't know what to do with the illegals. What he should do is call Giuliani, and he can give him a hand and help him out on on a situation. Because this guy now, I'm going to have to stop you there because the theme music's playing. I got to go. But let me just say this to you. One of the stories that I have here, I did not touch on because I could not give it time. And if time tomorrow, I am leaving it. New York has lost $1 trillion in Wall Street businesses that have gotten out of New York. Did you just hear that? $1 trillion from businesses that have said, enough, no mas. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your families, your loved ones. Love, gratitude, and so much appreciation for you being with me here on Bo Snerly's Rush Hour. God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. And hopefully, we'll see you then. Bye.